So a man goes to see a guru, and he says, help me find God. So the guru sends him away and says, go get some milk and bring it back to me. So the man goes and gets milk and brings it back to the guru, and the guru pours the milk in a bowl. And the guru is just stirring the milk, looking very intently into the milk. The man is very trying to be patient, waiting for this guru to speak. But the guru just continues looking into the milk, stirring it, as if there's something to be found in there. And finally, the man can't hold back any longer. He says, Guru, what are you doing? All I want to do is find God. And the guru says, I'm looking for butter. The man says, there's no butter in there. In order to get butter, you'd have to transform that milk and put it through a process for it to become butter. And the guru looks up and he says, and that is the same for God. It is right inside of you. But you must go through a transformation in order for you to find it. That's the journey that we're all on. That's what we know to be true. We know that God is within us. We know God is us. We know that we are one with God. We know that pithy little phrase that says, um, I forgot. <laughs> there is no spot where God is not. We know these words, and they are true. But do we know God? Do we have an individual living relationship? Do we have God within our hearts in a way that actually is alive and works for us and transcends these pithy little sayings when we are in need? Well, let's check it out for yourself. Your financial situation flips upside down. Do you say, God is good? Or do you say, oh, God, not again? If that person walks out and says, I never loved you ever, do you say, God is good? Or do you say, oh, my God, not again? If your boss walks into your office and says, I need you to do 10% more work, and by the way, you'll be getting 10% less pay for the next six months to help the company out, do you say, God is good? Would you say, oh my God, not again. When life comes in as it does, for most of us, let's get real. When that occurs, that God is good saying is just for the Prius driving shop local only, absent-minded <laughs> denial people that are too woo-woo for this world. That's who those slogans are for suddenly. When the real world hits us, quote unquote, very often we give up on the very relationship that is designed within us and for us to move us through the process. You know, the first commandment says, thou shalt not have, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, that commandment when I was young and didn't fully understand it, had that like, well, you're a real bossy God. Who do you think you are? That you've got to be so self-centered that everything has to be about you. I also had overlaid over that uh, very naive idea the concept that the religion that I was that I was we 
have the only God. And we must all worship the same God. And the same God must be the same for each of us. And the other people who don't have this one are out. Now those two ideas overlaid over this wonderful commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, completely confused me and made this particular commandment have no meaning. It, it caused me to reject it. But if we take that commandment back for a moment, and think that it is the God within your own being, your individual divinity, is saying to you, hey, put me first. Don't put anything before me, because here's the deal. It's not that, it's not that uh, I'm all arrogant here, or that, that, that I'm being all self-centered. This is just how it works. If you put any person, place, or thing before this relationship, you're just going to land on your butt. That's just it. That's how it goes. That is law. The world of form is an effect. It is a reflection from the consciousness that you are. So if you will get in alignment, if your consciousness gets in alignment with the God of my being, by your divinity, your personal experience of it, if you will put that first, then all things shall unfold. All things will come from this one place. This is not about one God having to look the same for everyone. This is not about God saying that everyone has to act the same and stay within these boundaries so you're in or you're out. That is old paradigm, inappropriate misperceptions. The commandment is there is a divinity, a God of your being that is perfectly wired for you. It knows you. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor. Care if you have a degree or don't have a degree. It doesn't care what little crazy, silly, addictive tendencies you get into. It does not judge you whatsoever. All it sees is your wholeness. All it reveals is your wholeness. It is the primary relationship from which all your other relationships to life, people, places, and things will unfold. The theme for this month is life is relationship. That's how you are alive in this current existence, in this experience, in this incarnation. The way we know ourselves is through relationship with others. This entire world is designed to mirror to us who we are. We are receiving information about ourselves all the time through our relationships. Our relationships are where we are living in this dimension. And most of us have it flipped over so that we are sourcing our understanding of self first from all of this out there. Secondly, when in trouble, when in the ditch, perhaps to God. If God comes through for us the way we need to in the moment. And yet that skit so perfectly portrays how often we behave, doesn't it? God, you can have the seed until something comes along and then we want it back. It's push and pull, give, take back, give, take back. And that becomes the way that we experience life. This commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, is literally take a moment and imagine your divine 
in your heart, simply saying, put this relationship first. Take time to build this relationship. This relationship, when it is in alignment, then, and this is one of the most wonderful gifts you receive, and the way that you know it's in an alignment, people in your life keep acting the same silly, inconsistent, um, undependable way, but you are suddenly in different relationship to it. You're no longer a victim to it. You're no longer needing that to fix or change so that you're okay. And you're no longer wanting them to be different. Now, you can absolutely, from this one relationship with your divine, change your boundaries, change your playing field, take care of yourself. And that looks different according to whatever's occurring. But the freedom, and this is the important point I want you to hear, the freedom is in the fact that when your relationship with your own divine is chunk and twisted right into place, that your relationship with others becomes more free-flowing. You set other people free to be who they're being. Because the truth of the matter is, and you know it, but let's get sober to it together again, you can't change anybody. They will, they will not change. Especially, especially, and this is the awe of it, especially when you want them to and you know they should because it's for their good. <laughs> Try that exercise for seven more days. I will give you my pulpit. <laughs> to convey your story. It doesn't work. But what does work is when you get in relationship with your divine, when you get that into alignment, and you begin allowing other people to be who they are, you know what happens? They start showing up the way that you want them to show up. Something happens, a miracle occurs because you have known, you have given up the game of positioning people, cornering people, blaming people, expecting them to be different. You have washed all of those silly games away and now they are free to rise up before you in their holiness the way that you are experiencing your own in relationship with your divine. Do you get that? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's worth it. That is worth it. It is said that there are 7 billion people. There are 7 billion experiences of God. There is no one experience. There is one God from which we all come. But your individual relationship to it, their love affair that you get to have inside your heart and in your experience, that is only for you. Only for you. People will fail. Your divine will fulfill. People will fail. Your divine will fulfill. And here's the fun part. You can be selfish with your divine. The way to show up for this relationship is just be you. Just be you. The nature of your divine is unconditional love, compassion, non-judgment, no judgment whatsoever. So if you're sensing even an inkling of judgment coming your way, it is not the divine who is speaking to you. It is not. You can always test it. 
Is it unconditional love? Is it accepting? Is it welcoming? Is it clear? Those are the ways that you begin to build the relationship by listening to it. Your divine works for you. Imagine all God exploded into 7 billion plus individual expressions and that each person gets to have exactly the relationship with the divine that they desire. Do you want your divine in your heart to be your brother, your sister, your best friend, your divine mother, your divine father, the wise sage? What is the relationship that moves your heart? Your heart knows. You probably have been relating to this expression anyway in a particular style. There is a style that is yours that you love. And when you will hone in on that particular style of relationship that works for you, and it can change as you grow, but it works for you today. When you hone in on that particular style, what you begin to discover is that this presence is solely, it's like, I'm yours, baby. I am yours. That's it. I see no other. The divinity Itself, the oneness has an ability to become multiplied, to become as many expressions as it needs to be individualized and fully focused where it is, excluding none, and yet solely and clearly focused as it is where it is. And that is you. You have a your own control panel right inside you to direct and to be in partnership with this presence. You get to have all of that. Once you get that, once you get that, it starts working more and more and more for you. You see, your divine has never abandoned you. It's always been here, talking to you, giving to you, um, sourcing you, beating your heart, moving your body, restoring your cells, breathing you, it has never abandoned you. It never stopped breathing you. Aren't you happy about that? <laughs> that very something, that divine intelligence that you can trust, you can fall asleep and you will keep breathing. Your heart will keep pounding. The blood will keep flowing. There's an intelligence that is making your body system work all the time so you don't have to think about it. It's just doing it. And you are free. It loves you that much. It would never stop beating your heart until the time that you have agreed to stop beating your heart. But before that moment, it is here as constant as a heartbeat. Always. The side of the relationship that has been less consistent, if I may, <laughs> has been you. It has been you that has given and then taken and then said yes and then said no. It is you that said take care of this and then never let go. It is you who showed up for God when you needed to or when you felt good for a moment but then forgot to check in on a consistent basis. It's not that your divine needs you to check in on a consistent basis like it's this codependent presence that says very little Your divine doesn't need that. Who needs that? You, you, because if you don't have a consistent connection that you can turn to, you will not turn to it when you need it. 
the same as the other relationships in your life. If you do not build an honest, caring, connected relationship that is constant in your life, when you need to depend upon it, you won't go to it. When we build prayer partnerships here, which is such an important aspect of our community, we begin prayer partnerships the very first day of foundation class, when people don't even know what it is. We begin people connecting once a week for a minute because we have learned that we must build the consistency of the connection first. And then when that connection is made, eventually people will go, all right, well, I'm having a little problem. Eventually, you'll start opening up. We are so contracted and afraid to be vulnerable. We are so protected for no good reason. The reason we're so afraid of being vulnerable, the reason we're so protected, is because we can't trust God. And if we can't trust God, how will we possibly turn to the world through which God flows to and through us? How will that happen? It won't. You know that at an intrinsic level of your being. So how do you build this relationship? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to begin talking to your divine. And it may feel weird to you in the beginning. Because what you have to do is open your eyes and say, good morning, my divine. God, that's weird. Who am I talking to? You go through this whole weirdness of what it is. But if you'll just even just go, good morning, my divine. Do that right now. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Put your hands on your heart. And say, good morning, my divine. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, you just started the conversation. That's it. Simple conversation, anything you want. I am so irritated, Divine. Just want you to know. <laughs> and you'll hear the Divine. <laughs> but it will be so sweet. It will just be that I know. It's cool. It's cool. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Speaking to the Divine is the first step conversing with it. Just taking the time. And remember, this is what's important. You must keep anchoring the idea that your divine is perfect love, perfect compassion, knows you, knows all your silliness. You don't need to hide a thing. That's what happens. We, we, before we even go to our God, we've already first checked in with our shame and our shoulds and our embarrassments. And then suddenly we don't want to keep the appointment. Suddenly we just find something else to do. As opposed to realizing that the, this relationship is wired much more deeply than all of that silliness, all of that made-up stuff that keeps you from yourself and keeps you from your divinity. You must begin by talking to your divine. Then you begin to listen your divine. You begin to practice hearing. Your divine will speak to you. For some people, it literally sounds like a voice. For some of you, your intuition will speak. For some of you, it's a feeling. You just feel it. You know what's right for you in the moment because it feels. There's a feeling nature to it. For some of you, it shows up in images. For some of you, you'll just sort of see something. There's no right or wrong way for it to occur. You are wired for the perfect way that it will occur. When I was in India, 
and spent 28 days talking to my divine a lot and deepening that relationship so much. I said, and you know, in India, remember, their, their consciousness is very much, the, the way that they experience miracles, the way that they, like, like, it's just different than the Western world. And so for them, their divine will show up in their house, their divine, they'll just be like, good night, and they'll be appear, they, you know, all these appearances are happening. So I get to my room, and I go, okay, I want you to show up in this room. I want you to just appear at the end of the bed. And the little voice inside me says, no. <laughs> I wanted a miracle. I wanted what these other people had. And I said, why not? And the voice, because mine is a voice, and it does feel right here, which is why I keep going here. That's where it seems to reside. It said to me, that's not going to work for you. It's just not what you're here for. If I give you a miracle, you're going to keep talking about the miracle, and everything's going to become about that. And then you're going to be pointing to, isn't that good information? You're going to be pointing to that and talking about that, and you're going to be sidetracked. That's not the way that it will work for you. Now, I didn't keep asking. I didn't stop asking, by the way. I kept thinking, well, maybe I'll get one if I'm good. If I understand that. I understand it. I want to talk about it. Suffice it to say, my divine has not appeared in <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, at the end of that dialogue, of which I was journaling, I like to journal back and forth too, that's the way that I can. I can use two different color pens so I can feel a shift in the voice within me. Um, at the end of that, it was very clear that it was the right message for me. I don't need an appearance. I don't need rocks suddenly crying before me or taking down the image of Mother Mary for me to drop to my knees to understand. It's just not what I'm here for. Others are. Others get that. Others play the game that way. Remember, it doesn't matter. There's as many ways to play the game as there are people. But you have your own individual way. And my guess is because we're Western world, because we have been so immersed in, in the race consciousness of show me, of, of all this, like, like show me first, then I'll believe, all this kind of stuff, I think our faith muscle has to be built inwardly, not by being shown things. Because for many of us, if we're shown something in this world, we will keep wanting that to happen again. Versus moving forward from there for our next experience. I think we're all kind of alike that way. And there's something perfect about that. We're here to hear it, to feel it, to sense it. And perhaps you'll see it. I don't want to negate that for you. I'm just showing my experience was that my divine said, no, you won't get that. And again, it was a loving note. It was just like, this isn't, this isn't right. Cool. The Course in Miracles says, God's healing voice protects all things today. God's healing voice, meaning that there is a voice. Voice, meaning whatever the form of communication is. The healing voice of the divine protects all things today. You're healing the voice within you when you build a relationship, when you wake up in the morning and you practice listening to that voice, when you pause several times throughout the day. I just want to pause and create an opening to hear the voice of my divine. That's it. 
Just pause for a moment and say, I want to pause to hear. And if you don't hear nothing, so what? You did your part, you paused. That's the part. You're just opening yourself up by pausing, by paying attention throughout the day. Do you get how that works? Do you get how that is? For me, truthfully, has been a missing piece along my journey of new thought teaching. We were so enamored with God is law. God is all that there is. God is God is this light, this huge something that I actually truthfully can't even relate to. That I can't turn to in my time of need. That I don't feel personally. And yet, New Thought Teaching also says God is law. God is love. God is personal. God is impersonal. God is personal. Oh, I missed that. They did say that. I might have missed class that day. <laughs> but God is personal. I avoided that. Why did I avoid that? Unworthiness? Because I wanted it my way? Because I still yet had to surrender to the idea that a relationship has to, I have to surrender to the relationship in a way where I become more, which means I change somehow. In relationship, I stay centered in my being, but I also must expand to become more. The relationship is the gift that helps me become more. My relationship with the divine is wired this way, and it is here. Now, here's the second part of that. You see, the divine is here for you, and you can experience it through listening. The next way that you experience it is through your brothers and sisters. The one-way relationship is here. The other-way relationship is here. You see, it is in our brothers and sisters. When we know we're one with God, we know they're one with God. As we know we are all that we are here to be, they are all that they're here to be. We are reflections for each other. The first step is our relationship with our divine. The second step is building and seeing and strengthening our relationship with each other. That's what our spiritual community is here for. That's what this is about. Practicing seeing our brokenness in each other, our fears, our pains, our holiness, our possibility, our greatness, our glory. All that we are, we get to mirror with each other in relationship. And the salvation, the saving of ourselves from suffering. Salvation, saving of ourselves from suffering. All it is. Our salvation comes in relationship with our brothers and sisters. That's where it takes place. Yeah, you can go to a mountaintop in the Himalayas. You could crawl into a cave, and you could meditate your life away, and I'm sure that you would somehow eventually, you would eventually rise up without relating to someone else and awaken. I'm sure that's possible. But here's the deal. If you're sitting here in the Apollo Theater this day, I don't think you're going to do that. It's not likely that you're going to suddenly climb to the Himalayan mountains and disappear. I'm betting we're here together for a reason. We're here together. We're a collective consciousness. You're a part of this consciousness. You incarnate. You are a part of this consciousness before you incarnate. You said yes to these expansive ideas and moving consciousness forward before you came here. You said, when I start hearing these truths, something's going to start turning on. I'm just going to hear it once. Whether it's a book I read or a talk or something happens, I'm going to hear a spin on a truth and my insides are going to go, wee! It's going to just get it. That you came in wired with. 
You knew it. So many times I hear that. As soon as I heard it here, it's, people think like I do. <coughs> That's what you say because you're a part of this collective consciousness. Now my invitation, which I'm going to keep doing, is be more a part of it. Do you want to wake up? Do you want to be free from suffering? Then you need to sign up to play a bigger game. You need to play a bigger game here. You need to play a bigger game in your spiritual practice. You have time. You have energy. You have all that you need. You absolutely do. And if that's where you think you just begin there this week. I have all the time, energy, and all that I need to live a more spiritual life. To place more of my time and my attention in this particular area. You will not lose. I was talking with Maria. I know I got to wrap up. Maria, are you here today? Talk <laughs> <laughs> with my friend. I know she was good. She's free. <laughs> See? Oh. <laughs> One of our board members, and we were talking the other day. She came to visit, and we were, we were talking, and she was just so alive with how her life is working. And she said what she realized is that she has been working at it for three years. Three years. She has been doing her own work. She's been coming to Bodhi. She's been taking the classes. She's been reading the books. She's been practicing, practicing, practicing. She's been adding other parts to her life that were important to help her keep living a spiritual path. Three years of focus. And suddenly she's like, oh my God, it's starting to work. It's starting to click. And I'm so grateful to hear that myself because, you know, we've got that, you know, I took that class three years ago. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> I was just, just now just like, you know, I went to the gym in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we treat our spiritual practice. And this beautiful being was glowing in the fruits of her labor. She didn't sit back and just be lazy. She worked on her relationship with her divine. She did the practices. She took the class. She made time for what was important, knowing that putting the time there would then in turn make life work in ways that she never could have made life work, no matter how hard she tried. No matter how hard our beloved Amanda in that skit tries to make her life work, it will not. Will not. But the surrendering over and over, trusting God, trusting God, it's a practice. It's a slow opening sometimes in the beginning. It's a big opening and then it's a contraction. All these things. But it's always forward moving. It always is. And we're here to do it together. As we move into 2012, as we move into our new home, show up. I'm asking you personally. Show up, bring a friend, get involved. Take one of these classes, every one of you, <coughs> go there, sign up for a class. If you think you took it before, take it again. I have taught so many of these classes so many times, and every time I do, I go, wow, how did I miss that last time? Just, I'm new, I'm a new consciousness, you're always new. There's enough of you, there's enough time, there's enough energy to build your relationship with your divine. Yes? Yes. yes. Take a moment, turn the thing.